This is the Miller Report with Suzanne Miller on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now, here's Suzanne Miller. Welcome to the Miller Report. I'm Suzanne Miller, CEO, Empire State Properties, and host of the Miller Report. I'm so excited about my next guest. It's my first guest in 2024. How great is that, that I have my first guest, the icon, a radio personality, another Brooklyn guy just like myself. He even hosted, you ready? The pregame show for the New York Giants. That's true. Well, welcome, Sid Rosenberg, well, well, to the thank Miller you for this. Report. It's a big deal for me being here, so thank you very much. I am honored to be your first guest of 2024, and I did host the Giants pregame show at legendary WFAN for many, many years, but that job, like many others, ended up with me getting fired. <laughs> I've been fired more than Imus and Stern combined, but well, I'm still here. Well, now you're on the number one radio show in yeah. the world. Yeah. John told me that you're in 173 countries. Is this true? It is true. In fact, um, on New Year's Eve, John and Margot came in and they wanted to wish our big audience a happy new year. And 173 countries and upwards of 20 million people, Suzanne, heard John and, I swear to God, John and Margot say, Happy New Year. So that's not, that credit doesn't go to me. That credit goes to John, Margot, Chad, Emily, the group that is building this place. Where I would get some credit is amassing a nice size audience. But none of that happens without the best leadership. Like a sports team. You don't get to a Super Bowl without a great owner, a great coach. You can have a lot of talent, but you need all that to bring it together. So I think as a team, we're showing pretty tough team. Well, it's funny you mentioned Super Bowl because I think 2024 is like a Super Bowl year. There's going to be so much going on, and, that's, and I can't wait to get into that on this uh, on the show today. But you know, Sid, tell me, I'm doing this like maybe a year. You're the icon. You're the expert. Oh, what on. makes you successful? Give me some tips. You know, I'm just me. Thank you for that, by the way. It's, I mean, I, you know, I, I uh, somebody said to me the other day, again, I get this a lot, you're a legend. I said, that means I'm old. I must be old. You never hear like a young kid, he's a legend. Uh, and the icon stuff was very nice. So thank you. 25 years I've been doing this, you know, and I've done it in most of the major markets across this country. At one point, I was syndicated in 73 markets across America by Westwood One, Joel Hollander. I've talked sports most of my career, but I've been on every major network, every major city you can imagine, and had success now at three different radio stations here in New York, all iconic stations, WFAN, 1010 Wins, and now WABC. So it's like everything else. You know, if you do it long enough, you get better. Now, now, to be honest, in this business, if you don't have it, you're never going to have it. You can be on the air for 20 years. You're never going to be great. You have to have it. And once you have it, when you nurture that, then you can become one of the all-time greats. I'm lucky. What is it? You said have it. What is it? You know, I think you have to be relatable. That's what it comes down to. I think whether you're making a million dollars, $10 million, $100 million, I think that's why John Katzmatidis does a good job. He's worth $4 billion, but he's an everyday guy. Uh, I'm a relatable guy. Uh, I'm not a political genius. I'm not Sean Hannity. I'm not Bill O'Reilly. I'm a, a guy that likes sports. I like movies. I like all the things that guys my age like. And I'm not really, uh, at least before this job, uh, a professor on any of these things. And I think that's what people like. They, you know, I don't get in the, on the radio and in the morning and tell you. The, I tell you how I feel. And, and I came to the realization years ago, I was talking sports, exclusively sports. I said to my program director, I said, listen. He goes, why are you talking about Barack Obama? He goes, this is a sports show. I said, I'll tell you why. Because guys my age, I have two kids. Guys my age 
care just as much about this city, about this state, about this country as they do the Dolphins or the Giants. So I'm trying to give them a little bit of everything. And that was my mindset. He hated it. He wanted to fire me. He said, when you go into an Italian restaurant, you don't order Egg Foo Young. (laughs) I said, you're right, but I want to be Sam's Club. I want to give everything to everybody. He said, I'll give you one year. It's down in Miami. I'll give you one year. A year later, I was number one in that market. And that was the last job I had in South Florida before I got my job here. So I came here, and I said, listen, and I didn't revolutionize anything. I just did it. Stern did it. But I want to take the politics, which we do here, but I want to combine sports, entertainment, lifestyle. You hear just as much on my show about my beautiful wife, Danielle, my beautiful wife, my daughter, my son, what I did last night, my movies, my books, as you do Eric Adams, Donald Trump, or Governor Hochul. And I think when you combine all of that, A, the audience never gets bored. You don't become predictable, and you become very relatable. That's the key. And what about the guests? What makes an interesting guest? Well, the interviewer makes it an interesting... That's a thing you just can't teach. I mean, I've worked with guys that are good on the radio. They can't interview. Their questions are three minutes long, and lots of guys on radio answer their own question when they ask the question. No, no, no. Ask the question, let them do it. If you want to opine later, before, after, or add to it, that's one thing. When you ask a question, let the guest answer the question. And a lot of guys don't do that. Their questions are too long. They answer the question. You got to make them laugh. You know, my guests come on, whether it's Bill O'Reilly or Donald Trump, they always laugh. They always have a good time. We're discussing really important stuff. Eric Adams, come on, talk about the migrant crisis. Did you make Eric laugh? Every time. Every time. Last time I made a laugh, I said, you're doing a good job. <laughs> I see you all laughing, too. Uh, but, but that's the key. Make them feel comfortable. See, here's the other thing guys do. If I bring on a guy that I disagree with, a lot of guys in my business, they kill him. They kill him. They don't want to come back. That makes no sense. Right. You can disagree, and you can disagree pretty vehemently without coming off like a jerk, like a bully. The idea is, if it's a big name, Somebody people want to hear from, whether they like them or not. Make sure, now, don't suck up to them, because then you lose that audience, too. Find that delicate balance of, I'm sticking by my principles, but, but... I'm not going to embarrass this guest so they don't come back. I think you do a good job at that. Thank I you. listen every morning. I Thank do, you. and I, I get my news from WABC. Thank you. But this, the Miller Report really is a real estate show, and we talk about politics, too, because it is a combination. Without real estate and politics, it goes kind of hand in hand, yeah. particularly in this city. So you've been a veteran. You've been around for a very long time in New York, a lot of decades. See, I'm old. No, you're not. Well, I'm old, too, then. <laughs> it's the Brooklyn thing. Right. But I've been around, yes. I've lived everywhere. You lived everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, I've lived in Sheepshead Bay. I've lived in the Midwood section of Brooklyn. I've lived in Chelsea. I've lived in Battery Park. I've lived in Midtown. Are you Upper following West me? Side. Are you following me? These are the places I live. Is that true? Yes. Tenafly, New Jersey. No, haven't done there that. There you go. So I've lived everywhere, to your point. So people say that real estate is cyclical. Everybody says, oh, it'll come back. It's cyclical. In all the places that you've been and gone around, do you? when do you think New York has been the good, the bad, and the ugly? In your experience. Well, I mean, right now it's bad. Uh, you're going to tell me different because it's your job, you know, so you're going to lie to me. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, because I want people to like me, so of I'm course. not going to lie to you. Uh, it's bad, you know, and people are leaving uh, in big numbers all the time. And there's a lot of things in this city that don't make it worthwhile staying. It, it just doesn't. I mean, the taxes are, are through the roof. Uh, New York City, where I lived for many, many years, uh, like I said, I've lived in Fidei, I've lived in Battery Park, I've lived in Chelsea, I've lived on the Upper West Side, I work in the city, I love this city. It's gross. 
The city's gross. You think it's as bad as it was in the 70s? I do. I absolutely do. Because there were parts in the 70s that I knew were bad. There were bad neighborhoods. But Park Avenue, Madison Avenue, they were still we had pristine. Hope. We had hope. And we had hope. Now, they're on, even the good neighborhoods are bad. I mean, I've seen people squatting on Park Avenue. I see guys shooting drugs on Madison Avenue. It's not like all of a sudden it's just, oh, it's still the Lower East Side. Oh, it's just Alphabet Village. Now it's everywhere. And between the migrant crisis, between the everyday crime that is still happening, numbers are down, but be careful with those numbers. Between the possibility of a terrorist act after October the 7th, the high taxes, the filth, every other store with a for rent sign on the Upper West Side, people don't want to stay. You know, look, my kids are old now. I got one kid in college, one kid in high school, but they grew up in Florida. No state tax. My house in Florida could never afford you. But Not come in a million on, Sid, years. you don't want to live in Florida all the time. No, I, I moved back because I was bored. You're gonna be, what are you going to do? Bored. You're going to go to the beach every day? Come on. Well, it's not, Suzanne, it's not that bad. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't play Marjorie. I mean, I'm sorry, it's six train. Well, you're right. That's why I came back because you're like me. We have the same personality. Right. But normal people, which we're not, right? Who Definitely are okay not. playing golf on the weekend, going to the beach, living in a beautiful environment. There's no dirt, there's no filth, there's no homeless. You don't pay state tax. Your kids are safe. It's a nice place to live. And they're leaving. And they're going to Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, all over the place. Because this is no longer, hate saying this, the greatest city in the world. Stop saying that. It was. It could be again. We're not even close right now. Well, I'm not giving up on hope for New well, York. Well, neither am I. So, so we're just going to die here like everybody else. Do you think that we're going <laughs> bankrupt? Yeah, we are going bankrupt. Of course, we're broke. We've got no money. And now we've got this migrant crisis, which is another huge issue. I mean, we have no money. We're broke, to your point. We are bankrupt. And now we've got to find ways to take care of the migrants. Mm -hmm. you got homeless people who are Americans living in the streets, defecating all over themselves. you got veterans, people who serve this country, Suzanne. they got nowhere to live. But these migrants who are illegal, they come across... And we bend over backwards. Five-star hotels, meals. What do you want, baby? We got you. How does that make any sense? Now, look. You tell me. How about the first-generation immigrants that have, they, they come here illegally, they worked so hard. Right. There's no room for their kids in schools and the hospitals. Correct. So, why? Why is this happening? Well, um, can I use one word? Yes. At the risk of aggravating, I don't know, the people who watch this. Well, they listen, 700,000. That's a lot of people. Yeah. But you have Cuomo on. I would yep. never put him on. Never. He couldn't come on. Not a million years. You have, Adams comes on. He's a friend of mine. But Pataki's he's doing a terrible job. But Taki's a Republican. I'm talking about, you want one word, why? Mm -hmm. Democrats. There's your answer. Because there's a president in D.C., who's got an open border policy, who allows millions and millions of people, never happened under Trump. All you folks hate Donald Trump. I was on this station when he was president for four years. Never once did me or Bernie say the word migrant. Never once. All of a sudden, it's all we talk about are migrants. And Adams, who's complaining now about the federal government, for the first year was, come on, we're a sanctuary city. Come, Cuomo too, that liar. Come one, come all. We got you. We're here for you. Now, because they figured out we're going bankrupt, it's, it's a disaster for families living here, now it's a problem. Well, now it's too late. So come out and tell the truth. Your president, your Democrat leader, has an open border. You should be out there every day not bashing the federal government, the national... Joe Biden. Joe Biden. So for Eric Adams to come out last week and publicly support Joe Biden, why would you do that? He's destroying your city. Do you think Eric Adams is going to finish his term? You talking about the FBI problem? Yeah. I do. I mean, I know Greg Kelly thinks differently, but I do. I, I think that 
other people will take the fall. And I don't even know if Eric Adams did anything illegal. I really don't. It doesn't look good. It's his job to open up buildings, I would imagine. Right. And his approval numbers are, are dismal, yep. partly because of that. But it's not because of that. Look, look at Donald Trump. He's been indicted four times. His Helps num- him. His numbers are going up. Right. We don't care about the FBI. Right. We're not going to vote against you because the FBI is after you. In fact, Eric Adams, he's kind of a victim. He can say, look, it's because I'm against Biden. Biden did this to me. All he has to do is come out, not all, but partly what he should do, is come out and be critical of Biden, not the federal government. Use words people want to hear. Joe Biden has done this to us, but instead he puts his political party first because he's so worried about his Democratic future. And the truth is, Eric Adams, he's a Republican. His values are just like mine. He set up for Israel. Yes, he is a Republican. His values are just like mine. He'd be better off switching today. He's not bullying me. Everybody who knows Eric Adams knows he's got more Republican values than Democrat values, but he's Democrat. So he goes out and goes, hey, the federal government is killing my city, but let's go Joe Biden. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? Sid, who do you predict the next mayor will be? That's a great question. Thanks. That's a great question. Who do I predict? I can't even pick who's going to win the giant or jet game this Sunday. <laughs> Um, probably Eric, you know, really? I mean, right now his approval ratings are miserable. I think when you look at the rest of the democratic field, though, they're so bad. I mean, you want Maya Wiley? Do you want uh, this idiot controller, Brad Lander? Andrew Cuomo? I know the latest poll said Cuomo would bury him. And that's probably true because New Yorkers are their own worst enemy. I live here, but I really live amongst morons. Morons. I mean, <laughs> they complain. They go. They, they, now I know why you're so good at what you well, do. Well, but I'm being serious. I mean, they go out there. They, they you know, they vote. They vote on a guy like Alvin Bragg. This guy's the worst DA in the history of the world. The worst. But they voted him in. They voted in Andrew Cuomo. So Cuomo comes around the station now. And he goes with John with you. I'll tell you something. Bail reform. No good. Oh, he really? signed it. You signed it, stupid. Not only did he sign it, he was the architect of it. Okay, bail reform. Any one of the major issues going on in New York right now, he was all for it. People dying in nursing homes. I, I, I don't even have time. But, Sid, this was a year of COVID. Nobody knew. There was people, you give them, got to give them a little slack. There was no, a lot of stuff going no on. Slack. Nobody knew. Nobody no knew. They no, didn't no, know the they consequences. Knew, they, knew, they knew, and he made money. And if you really delve into it, and this is a lesson for you folks out there. They'll never tell you this because they lie. All of them. All the politicians. I don't lie. I don't care. They all made money. Look at why Andrew Cuomo allowed those people inside those nursing homes where 18,000 people died. And when you find out that he made money, and by the way, also made $5 million on writing a book when he was a failed governor and kept the money, then maybe you wouldn't be so sympathetic towards we didn't know. They did fine. Andrew did just fine. He didn't die. His mother didn't die, right? His mom, God bless her, Matilda. She went nowhere near these nursing homes. But your mother, put her in there. My father, who I never saw the last six months of his life, he died in July of 2020. Who cares? So don't give me that crap they didn't know. They knew they made money on our asses. Can you say that on this show? Yeah, you can say anything you want. This, oh, is, good. this is the Miller I can Report. Say the word here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Child, I'll cut it. Let's move on to uh, the election and yeah. what's going to happen in this country because we all want this. This is the Super Bowl year, yes. 2024. Yeah. I quote John Castamitidis as this is going to be a year of Bidenomics where everything's going to look great. You're going to see inflation Nothing down. Looks great. You're going to see oil prices come down. Right. We'll see mortgage rates down. For Do you agree with that? Down from what? Well, you're going to see a very good year because he wants to get reelected. No, it's not going to be a good year. You're well, right. The numbers are going to be down. 
Right now, inflation's down. Suzanne, it's 3%. That's way too high. Trump was 1.7. So, yes, it's not the 8% it was. So I'm going to give Biden credit because it went down. He's the one who rate, it went to 8 when he was in office. Interest rates, they'll come down. It's too late. Nobody could buy a house these days. You can't get a loan from a bank. I mean, they got to go down considerably. So they will come down, to your point. You and John are right. But not enough to where the American public feels good. You talk to any American, even Democrats that will vote for Biden. They'll tell you the truth. I'm not doing well. I'm not. Well, people have short memories. So if the rates went down from 8% to 6%, it will do very well for the election well, But year. Donald Trump is there to remind you they were 1.7 when he was there, okay? And interest rates were a lot lower when he was there. And the market, well, the market, of course, now has big numbers to under Biden. But remember, it was under Trump where this thing went all of a sudden to 30,000 in a day. So all these economic indicators that Joe Biden is going to use to his advantage, all these went through the roof when Donald Trump was president. The fact is, whether you lot of you hate Trump, you hate his tweets, you hate the way he talks, fine, fine. I don't care. I, I've had days where I've liked Donald Trump, days I haven't. I happen to love him now. But the truth is, as president, whether it was the economy here in the United States, or foreign policy, Suzanne, Right now, there's a war in Israel. When a war Donald in Ukraine. Tr- war in Ukraine. And a real possibility there's going to be another war in China, Ch- Taiwan, China, Taiwan. Three wars. You're this close to World War Three. When he was president, none of that. You had the Abraham Accords in Israel. Say what you want about Jared Kushner. These guys put together a deal. Saudi Arabia. There was no violence. Nobody well, died. Why, we know that's why October 7th happened, because of the Abraham Accords deal. They didn't want there to be peace. But we, we get that. But do you Well, think- no, it happened because uh, when Trump was president, none of these groups, whether it was al-Qaeda or ISIS, which he destroyed that, by the way, he destroyed the caliphate, or Hamas, would do it because... I'll give you a story. Maybe your listeners or viewers know this. Trump sat down with the leader of al-Qaeda. There's a map. See the map? Okay. See this red dot? That's where your family lives. You mess up a hair, a hair, on one of my American soldiers, I will blow this effing house into a million pieces. Remember Soleimani, number two in charge in Iran? Yep. I blew him into a thousand pieces. So take a look at this dot. Does Biden do that? No. 13 of our soldiers die in Afghanistan because it was the laziest exit in history. What did we leave? A billion dollars worth of weapons there? Which they're using right now in Russia against Ukraine. So... You know, you can say all these other reasons why. Whether they thought he was crazy, I don't know what the reason was. But Putin didn't make a move. Before Trump, you had Obama. Putin went into Crimea. After Trump, you have Biden. Putin goes into the Ukraine. During Trump, nothing. Okay? North Korea stopped firing missiles. Now, little rocket man, he's going nuts. China, Taiwan, none of this happened. So I talk to people. I go to dinner with a lawyer a couple weeks ago. Smart guy lawyer. Go, what do you think? What do you think that is? Go, yeah, I think Trump got lucky. He's a, he's a lo- Trump got lucky. That's your answer to me? You got wars all over the world, but people hate him so much that even a smart guy like this guy, who's a very smart guy, sounds like a moron. You don't gotta like him. If you're sick and tired of this country, the way it's going both at home and abroad, you gotta vote for Trump. There's no other choice. So Sid. The biggest issue, as I see You think see, I like him? I, th- I do think you like him, and I appreciate <laughs> that, but I do think the biggest issue that we have is that we're so divided. This country is so divided, we're imploding within. Do you think he's the right guy to unite us? I mean, answer that. Well, let me ask you this. When Joe Biden won, I know you know this, 
The first day he served in office at the White House, his cute, lovely wife, Dr. Jill, what well, she's a doctor of, I have no idea. She's a doctor like Dr. J on the 76ers. <laughs> Swear to God, she's not a doctor of anything. So, but his cute, lovely wife, Jill, made signs. And what did they say? Unity. And they put them all over the White House lawn. And I'm here to tell you that right now, today, we are even less unified, less than at any point during the Trump presidency. So why is it Trump's job to fix it? When the Democrats promise you, Biden said, I'm going to lower the temperature. I'm going to bring us all together. Unity signs all over the White House lawn. It's worse. Do I like that? No. Do I think it's a recipe for success over the long term? No. But that's not why I'm voting for president so that you and I get along. I'm voting so that I keep the money in my paycheck. I'm not worried about some other country bombing me. And my kids have a chance on my pension to have a nice life when I die. All those things happened under Trump. None of those are happening now. That unity stuff, that nice guy stuff, it sounds great. It's adorable. It's bullshit. Sorry. And who is he going to pick for vice president? You. No, I think it's going to be you, Sid. No, I can't do it. I, you'll, <laughs> you're you'll doing be a movies. Cut. You're doing movies <laughs> got, now. Like, you're you know, a movie star. You know, look, I, it, it, I think it'll be a woman. Um, everybody I speak to on my show regularly, you know, my, my daily, weekly guest list includes, you know, Steve Bannon, very guys close to Trump, Steve Bannon, Giuliani's. Uh, I think the name you're hearing the most now is Nikki Haley. Right. I want to ask you about that. Well, that's an issue because Trump is not the type of guy where you can beat him up and he allows it. He's just not. He's, he, he, he will dislike you very, very quickly, but he wants to win. So if he really believes in his heart of hearts that Nikki Haley will get him suburban housewife votes, even though both Bannon and Mark Levin, two smart guys on my show this week, said there was no empirical proof that Nikki Haley's going to bring one housewife. Why her? Why, why can't Elise Stefanik do People that? People like her. They like her. People she, like her. She's she, likable. Not really. Well, by no. women in the suburbs. They do because she has a, a good stance on abortion. Mm-hmm. And let's remember, when the Republicans lost the midterms in 2022, the reason was their abortion stance was horrendous. So she could help them there, that's true. But they like Elise Stefanik. They like Tulsi Gabbard. They like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And women. They like the women. Um, So is he forced to go with Haley because she's in second? Turns out she's going to beat DeSantis probably. She'll be the only one left. DeSantis will be gone after Iowa. Nobody cares about that stupid Chris Christie. So it'll be Trump and Haley. Does he pick her because of that? Or can he make the argument these other ladies can have the same result? I don't know. I do think it'll be a woman. It'll be one of those four probably. But to pinpoint which one it is all depends upon whether or not Trump is in a, is in a good mood. It's kind of like, look, if you watch the debates with Biden, Kamala Harris, who's a moron, by the way. Hey, listen, I'm all for women. I got a daughter, too. She's 19. She's going to be an attorney. She's brilliant. I love to see women succeed. I love it. Not her. Kamala Harris made her bones by sleeping with the mayor of San Francisco. She literally slept her way to the top. She's been the worst vice president ever. She's the borders hard. Think I'm about that. I'm not even sure who she is. I've never seen her on TV. Correct. So during the first debate with Biden, they talked about busing, and she called Biden a racist. But he picked her because he needed to win. And he figured, black girl, woman, I'm going to win. I don't know if Trump does stuff like that. Who's going to try and help anybody in a subway? Not me. And I could do it because look at these guys. <laughs> look at those guys. Uh, I don't care anymore. So John <laughs> calls me, what am I, in charge of Jewish affairs at WABC. You are? How'd you <laughs> get that kick over me? I think we're going to compete for that. 
No, I don't want you to. I want you to. I want you to have it. I want to take that. Job. Are you Jewish? I am Jewish. My parents are Holocaust survivors. I didn't even so know I'm, that. Is you know, that this, true? We talk about what's happening now. It Hold on, both me. your mom and dad. Yeah, my dad was in the siege of Leningrad, and my mom was in a, a concentration camp. What did they meet? They met. They met after the war in synagogue when the the day the war ended in the United States. Oh, in, still in, in Europe. In Europe, in Lithuania. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. And last year, I went to visit the camps with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we looked. Uh, we saw. I saw my mom was hiding. She was hiding for nine months in an attic with ten people. And literally, like, have to, we have to put a cross on to go get food. And, oh, my God. And when I see this today and I see what's happening in the story she told about 1938 and the pogroms and the Bernie's on the synagogues and walking in the camps last year, it just, it, it just, it keeps me up at night. And, I mean, there's so many similarities to the, the, what's happened then to what's happening now. And it really is an attack on democracy. It's not just, it's the Jews first, but then it's in the text. I love my Christian friends that call and know this. And they say, look, we know this isn't about just an attack on the Jews. This is an attack on America. It's an attack on democracy. This is just the first step. It's like, just, do you agree with this? I love you, first of all. I didn't know that. And um, I'm a little choked up. And I, I see you got emotional too, obviously. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. And, and um, my parent, my, her, her brother was shot in front of her and buried alive in the Ponary Desert. Our other brother was sent to Auschwitz, mm. and she was 11. And, you know, this is, people said that this can't happen again. And it's I'm happening. here to tell you, it's it is happening yeah, again. The, 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 simil the similarities are, are intense. In fact, um, just last week, if you remember, the very first hostage video that we saw <sighs> was a beautiful girl named Mia Shem. She's still alive, thank God. I don't know how. 21 years old, tattoo artist, gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous. Uh, she's not talked about any sexual abuse or rape. I find it hard to believe that wasn't the case, but she did have her arm blown off. So I don't know if maybe that was the reason why. She went to stay with a family, uh, Palestinian family, not terrorist. She said this. She said this is the Holocaust. Okay? She's not in Brooklyn. She's not marching in the streets in Williamsburg on the Brooklyn Bridge with 5,000 of her low-life friends, the same people that marched in the, in the uh, summer of 2020, but instead now they turned in their whatever they wore then for a kafir. Same people, same low-lives, looking for something to do the rest of their lives. They don't know. They're not educated. She said, this is our Holocaust. And the way they're treating Jews around the world is just terrifying. And, and for me, my show... And I do believe I've lost some listeners. I do. I just don't care. Uh, because there's a lot of people in this city that uh, have completely, completely left us, non-Jews. And there are some that won't say it, but they have too. They've grown tired of this. To them, it's like, enough already. Enough already. Really? I think unless you're Jewish, you don't really get you it. You just, really don't it's understand. It's more personal, right? Really I had the same argument when I, I was living in Boca Raton, Florida. And I would do a show every year for 9-11. And the first year I did it, I said, I got to tell you, for me, it's a little... We both lived in Battery Park. I was there. I was in the Trade Center. I get it. There you go. I was right there, too. I was actually in Chelsea on 21st and 8th. I moved to Battery Park afterwards. I took advantage of the low prices. Uh, but I moved to Florida, and I said, this really hurts for me. And the Florida audience got mad at me. They said, no, no, this was a American. I said, you're right. No, no, don't get me wrong. If you were in Wyoming, you felt 9-11. But don't tell me. I lived a mile away from where 3,000 people died. It's more personal for me. I, I had that smoke in my eyes. I heard those beeps for a month. I knew people that died that day. It's more personal for me. Same thing with this. We're Jewish. It's more personal for us. But it should matter to everybody. And like you just said, I loved it. I loved it. I had this discussion with Mark Levin. The people I'm most proud of 
are the non-Jews. And there's lots of them. Uh, lots of them and have the called pe- me. Yes, yes, I get and it. And the people not- that I'm the least proud of uh, are Jews. That are doing this. Like Ron Kuby. Like Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Right. You know, it's one thing for Rashida Tlaib to do it. She's a lowlife. Okay, I get it. Anti-Semite lowlife. Omar, same thing. AOC, same thing. So the non-Jews, thank you. And the worst of all, worse than Hamas, or the Jews that are making excuses as to why this happened. So I was talking to John about this, and I didn't know in the Greek community, there's some, they pay mourners to go and, and cry and pretend, because you, you can't get enough yeah. people to come. Well, that I goes from the old acting days. Yeah, so, so yeah. do you... <laughs> it's the drama, they had the drama, they had the faces the and stuff. The drama, and yeah. they're yeah. crying in yeah. the front, yeah. and they're, they're, their mother died, whatever, they're pretending they don't even know the person. Yeah. Do you think some of these people that are protesting are paid, and this is a oh, deliberate... Yes. So no, We know this already, uh, George Soros, Mm-hmm. who, of course, is uh, maybe the most evil person ever. He's his up son, there. No, his son is just as evil. Oh, you're right. No, I'm glad you mentioned his son because his son's been to the White House a hundred times. Mm-hmm. hundred times. And he's taken over with his father's leaving off and maybe more dangerous to your point than his father. But there's no question they're paying some of these people. Not all of them, but enough to keep it going. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still amazed. I mean, at this point now, they could actually block traffic to Kennedy Airport. They can block traffic on a bridge. Again, this is where I hold the mayor and the people in the city accountable. I love Michael Kemper, one of my best friends. I have dinner with Mike every month. He runs the transit police. I said, Mike, you can't let this happen. What do you want me to do? That's basically the answer. We can't stop them. Don't tell me you can't stop them. There's got to be something you can do. You want to stand on a corner, 10,000, be like a bunch of jerk-offs? God bless you. When you start to block bridges and airports and all that, there's got to be something you can do that's illegal. Well, according to Pataki, he said you, it's it's hate speech and you could arrest them. Right. What do you think about that? I think he's right. I mean, I have this argument with Judge Napolitano on my show every week where he says the First Amendment protects us from that. He goes, Sid, you're the best radio host in the country. Imagine if people said what you say all the time, and I'm pretty rough, um, is hate speech. He said, would you like that? I said, no, I wouldn't like that. He said, well, you think yours is not. They think theirs is not. Where do we draw the line? He said, it's a very, very dangerous place to go because the First Amendment protects us from that. So, well, but I agree with Pataki, but I also agree with the judge to a certain extent. Well, you can't stop people from going to the to the museums and to the trade center. I agree. Did, so I, arrest them. Arrest them. I guess. I don't know. They, they just don't do anything. They don't. There's, there's no repercussions. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the mayor say, we are not going to stand for this. <laughs> and then there's 5,000 people, nobody gets arrested. But what'd you do about it? What does that mean we're not going to stand for this? Hit somebody over the head with a brick. Do something. I'm not encouraging violence, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we just want safety. Right. And we don't want another Holocaust like in uh, 1938. Right. So just to lighten it up a little bit, Sid, because yeah. I know you're... I, I appreciate. Light. I appreciate your... T- you're very light. Yeah. So, uh, Bill O'Reilly, I think it was, described you and himself, you're going to laugh at this you one. You mean Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, as juvenile delinquents yeah. who made it to the top of their profession. What did he mean by that? Well, I know I was. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't think Bill was. I mean, Bill was, you know, he went to Harvard for his communications degree. He went to Boston University. You know, he, he, uh, he went to work very early, actually. And, and uh, he'll be celebrating his 50th anniversary. 50th. I'm like 10 years removed from my second rehab and second jail stint. I'm a real delinquent. I mean, look, I had my issues, you know, uh, for many, many years I did. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, a whole bunch of, uh, of issues. And um, I did go away a couple of times, jail, not prison. And I did go to rehab a couple of times and it derailed me. I mean, I could have been making millions and millions and millions. I, 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 was, I was right there to take over the next big show. 
and I would constantly shoot myself in the foot. My psychologist always told me the same thing. You got this thing. I don't know what it is, Sid Rosenberg, but you don't want it. So you commit what's called self-sabotage. I go, Doc, what should I do about it? Take a pill. I took a pill, nothing happened. I did the same thing, but um, I've had that issue mostly my whole life. Thank God, since I've come here, now eight years, this month will be eight years, I've, I've, I've uh, been able to, to beat all that other stuff and, and to finally get to the place where I should have been, quite frankly, 15 years ago. So I'm not sure in O'Reilly's case if that's true. He may have thought that way, but I live that way. I guess nobody ever called you boring. No, I'm my, my, you know, it's funny you say that because my wife, uh, looking back, says the, she had a boyfriend who was a very nice guy. He's a lawyer now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he, he was boring, yeah. you know. And she said, I like the wild guy. I like the crazy guy. That's you. And she goes, and I just wish you were a little more boring all these years. And now I am boring. She still complains. I don't think now you're I'm boring, boring, Sid. I would not describe. That's not an adjective. Well, but we have to understand. The Sid you see here is not the Sid at home. I go home. Docile. Yes, I'm quiet. Oh, I'm very submissive. Oh, I'm scared on. to death. Is everybody of my wife. listening to this? No, I swear Sid to God. Rosenberg is docile oh, and submissive. Uh, let me tell you, I am. I'd rather walk through Gaza with a shirt that says I'm a Jew than fight with Danielle. I can't do it. I've done it for 31 years. I don't win. I never win, and it scares me. So when I get home, um, honey, you know, and I got my two kids and my daughter's home from college, but I don't talk this much. I'm not, you You're know, tired. You talk I'm a lot. Tired. I talk a lot. I get home. I want to watch TV. You know, um, whatever may happen after nine o'clock, and <laughs> if I'm lucky, that's that's me at home. I'm a, I'm a good father, uh, uh, but I don't have that that uh, kind of frenetic pace that I do here throughout the day. Sid, I ask all everybody on the Miller Report this last question. This and is it. We're, we're done. Is, we're almost. We're gonna wrap this up. Was this this, this far and away your best one. This is the, Be this the best one. No, you, you said the, the same thing to Cuomo. Everybody's gonna did. listen to this because it is so colorful. Okay. So. Thank you. We know about New York. We know what the problems we have. You talk, you talk to the most interesting people, number one radio station in the world, talking to Donald and people come on your show like nobody else. Because you're so enlightened, you talk to all these people. If I said to you, Sid, you're the governor. You're the governor of New York. Fix it. Give me three things that you would do to turn the city around. Well, for starters, I would not leave Stuart Cousins and Heasty's office until they did something about this awful bail reform. And I know she's tried, Kathy Hochul, and she's tried to tinker and tinker. She hasn't done nearly enough. So for starters, I'll tell you what, you guys, city council, you're not getting nothing. Till we figure out a way to fix this and make New York safe. You got to start right there. Same That's, offender 17 times goes to, you know, comes out of jail. Yeah, Can't do that. Right. So if you're the governor, right off the bat, you got to do that. And then, listen, it couldn't hurt for Governor Hochul. I know she's a Democrat. Biden's a Democrat. You know, Biden clearly wants no part of Adams. That poor bastard shows up and Biden doesn't even look at him. It's embarrassing at this point. Hochul will talk to Go to the White House. Cause a big stink. I know I live in Albany. I'm um, northern part of the state, but my city's dying. You know, you're leaving Eric Adams. I know you don't like him. That's fine, because he doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of people who still think all this FBI stuff because of Biden. But you're not giving me a chance to win. I mean, come on, help me. Help me here. This migrant crisis. He's tried that. Close so the border. He's Adams tried that. has tried it, and they shut the door on his face. But what does he do wrong? What does he do wrong? If you go to Albany, and they shut the door in your face, here's what you don't do the next week. Here's what you don't do. Trash it. I, no. I support Kathy Hochul. No. What you say is, I wouldn't support Lee Zeldin, because I'm a Democrat, even though Eric is a Republican. 
I wouldn't support Lee Zeldin, but I'm not going to offer my support to Kathy until she figures out a way to convince her people up there in Albany to change these rules so my city is safe. He did the same thing with Biden last week, Adams. He came out with public support. Why would you do that? What if he said? Votes. Of course. But that's the problem. You see, you just said it. So now you've exposed the truth. It's more about winning than the city. He says, all I care about is New York City. No, because if that was true, you would say, I can't support Joe Biden. I'm not going to support Donald Trump. But I can't support a guy that's killing me in my own city. And Eric is way too quick because he's part of that Democratic machine to support Hochul, support. You can't have it both ways, one way or the other. If you're upset about the city, you do not, do not go there and support Hochul and support Biden. All the issues that are going on in New York now, taxes, first of all, you're the governor. Let's be honest. Open a pipeline. That's the first thing she should do. Forget about Albany. Open a pipeline. You know how much money we were energy we were energy independent, not just in New York but across this country with Donald Trump. Who knows about this? Ask John Katzmatidis. Well, that's why Iran's making a lot of money. <laughs> well, that's right, and that's why they're able to fund Hamas and destroy Israel. And by the way, who was letting Iran do that? Joe Biden. So when Joe Biden goes out there and goes, "Oh, my heart goes out to Israel." Hold on a second, you son of a bitch. Or, or is it Obama? It's both. They serve together. Obama was the president. Biden was the vice president. John Kerry, they made the deal. Trump wins. You would think that after that, Biden would take over and go on up with that. One of the first things Joe Biden did was sit down with John Kerry and say, quote, let's revisit this Iran deal. Then he's sympathetic towards Israel. They all want it both ways. Eric Adams, I care about the city, but I won't call out Hochul. I care about the city, but I won't call out Biden. Well, he you know? did call out Biden. He got investigated. So what? The FBI came. So, so what? Trump's been indicted four times. Right. You think you're going to change what Trump believes in? Right. So right. let me ask you, how many, I'll tell you this, people like me, I like Eric. I know him personally. We're friends. I think he's a horrible mayor because he doesn't show me the balls that he says he's got. I'd almost rather they walk him off he in handcuffs. He stood up for Israel. He said they're coming there. He yes, stood up for Israel. but I'm not Israel. a one-issue voter. I get it. That's the most important thing to me. I'm like, listen, there's nobody a louder about the Jewish people than me on the air every day. It, it is the most important issue. But he did have balls. There. I mean, is that balls? You know how much money he gets from the Jews in this city? I mean, Jews still vote Democrat, don't forget. So I'd be careful. Again, look at money. Follow Everything money. goes back to the money. You want to show me balls, risk getting arrested. Risk Biden taking you to put. Risk all of it. To say, I am putting the city first. If that's going to put me in jail, that's exactly what Trump is doing. You could put me in jail. Four indictments, two civil trials. I'll go to jail. But I will do what's right by this country. Vote for Sid Rosenberg for president. You know what? Now that we had this conversation, I swear to God, I'm We're, announcing my <laughs> candidacy right now. And I support you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the Miller oh, Report and, and doing what you do, Sid. You're amazing. Thank I love you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. This is a lot of fun. Thank this you very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you for tuning into the Miller Report. Please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.